Welcome to Hope Leads. This is Wes Lane. You know, science tells us that hope is the single greatest determiner of human well-being. One way we pursue kindling and fanning hope within you, the listener, is by talking with men and women who are leaders from different generations, from different geographic areas, from different spheres of influence, but they all have one thing in common. They pursue Jesus and God's unique and purposeful journey for them on the earth. So, Our hope is that these focused conversations might somehow serve you in a greater understanding of just who our awesome God is and his very purposeful desire and plan that you would live a life of meaning and impact. And today, I'm extending a hearty welcome. Oh, a hearty welcome. Not just a welcome, a hearty one. (laughs) Uh, Not to just a a, a psychic, but now my co-pilot, if you will, on the good ship Hope Leads. (laughs) Uh, Taylor West, how are you? I've been promoted. I like it. Well, I am wonderful, Wesley. And how are you today? Well, I'm doing well. It's good to see you again. Good to get. I, I know you've been. You've been. You recently got back from an exciting journey. Oh, a wonderful, relaxing, beautiful journey on the beach, West Lane. So yes. the beach, like like Hefner, or no, the real beach in a Florida. Yeah. Okay, and where in Florida? Yeah, Hunter's yeah. family. So I went with Hunter's family. Um, we've been going. Hunter's her husband, of course. Yes. Um, so they've been going to the same spot for vacation for the past like sixteen years, I think it is. Um, really? And that's so, like that's two thirds of your life. That's a long time. Yeah. So it's very sentimental to them, a very special place. So it's been fun over the past few years to be able to dive in and literally is this, <laughs> and enjoy it with them. So this isn't, is it, was this your, well, you have, no, you've no. been married for a couple of years yeah, now. Yeah, so yeah. this is like, this is my fourth summer going, I think. Okay. You're an old hand there. I know it. All right. So, so, so looking back now on the time that you were there, what, what would you say were uh, some of the highlights? Oh my goodness, so many. Um, okay, what? So downtime in five seconds. I'm, okay, sorry, it, really quick. All right, downtime. I love just being able to not have things on my schedule, on my agenda. Just a, a week full of nothing of planned. Nothing, of yes, nothing, right? Because you're a you, you do a bazillion appointment. You meet with people. All yes, the time, which I so love. you didn't have to do that at all, I other do, than your yes. family. I exactly yes, I do. I did miss all of my meetings, all of the things, but at the same time, it's it is nice to have a clear calendar for a week. So that was beautiful. Um, another thing that I love was yep, yep. frozen waffles. So frozen I, <laughs> waffles. So yes, so what's it like so to frozen, bite into an ice cube? Is that I what know, this I is? Don't eat them frozen. So you, so you like get them out of the freezer and just take a big old bite out no, of one? No, I don't is that eat them frozen, but there's something. I think frozen waffles are better, and you might fight me on this, but I think they're better than like, you know, the big fluffy Belgian. The Belgian, Belgian waffle. Yes, I think they're better than those. There's mean, something Because you like them cold? Is that what it is? No. Is it, if it was a frozen Belgian waffle, would that make a difference? No, I put them in the toaster, but I just, I, there's something, I don't know. I just don't normally buy frozen waffles at home. And so it's like a, it's a splurge for me. It's a treat. I bet this is something that ends with an ism, you know, like, like some uh. sort of illness. Oh. Or something like that. Hey, okay. This is how you are with like your Reese's Pieces or your, There's uh, nothing wrong with Reese's Pieces. What, no, but you and save maybe. them for special occasions. And I save my frozen waffles for special occasions. Okay. Okay. It. All right. I understand yes, that now. Blueberry, all right. All right. And I put a vacations. ton of butter on them. I, oh. I stock up on those and. Yes. And you like, get it. Yes, you understand. Okay. <laughs> I, now I understand. I, I totally get it. Yes. I, 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 very good. Well, then, then you had a great time. Oh, it was so nice, but I am excited to be back. It's, 
Um, as as much as I hate to admit it, I've missed our team. Well, and, and hey, listen, <laughs> and, and, and what's also significant is you've you've come back. You're you've actually been promoted now here at Salt from a, a program administrator. Now you're the director of membership. I am. It sounds fancy, doesn't Which it? Is, it's kind of like giving <laughs> you giving it. you the, the title of what you've been doing for a, a good while. <laughs> anyway, but you've done it so darn well that oh, know, what? I'm trying to. Loop you into thanks, Wesley. Never, never leaving, no, never. never. It's like Hotel California, you can check in, but you can never leave. <laughs> no, it's that's, super. Which is totally lost. Everybody under twenty years old, but that's that's okay. <laughs> oh, Wesley. Now it's super exciting. In the past, I've um, well, up until this point on the salt team, most of my uh, time with other with. Most of my time in meetings um, has been with people who are interested in the class. And so now I'll have the privilege of continuing that, but of also um, going, diving deeper into relationship with the folks who have already gone through. So meeting with a lot of our alumni. So well, and, 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 and seriously, you, you do a great job on that. Thank so you, I, I'll, I'll, I, I got to hand it to you. You, you. you have excelled at that. And so, Wait, one more so, time? One more time? What was it? Uh, uh, <laughs> What did I say? What did I say? Oh. What did I say? This tape erases in five seconds. <laughs> well, speaking of alumni, so we have one of our wonderful alum on today's podcast, Mr. Brent Vodder. We do. Brent's a, a great guy. He is a guy that uh, he, he's something I would call a hope generator. He is, he, is a, um, uh, he is the executive director of CBMC here in central Oklahoma. Just a, just a real... A unifier, a convener. I mean, I, I've seen him put together. Like for instance, one thing that uh, we'll we'll probably talk about is is um, just the fact that you know he's put together something on Saturday mornings in which he brings uh, these these men and their sons together. Which on, is so on, powerful. It, it's just really a it, it's 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 really really a, a lovely story. So so it's a it's a great conversation, and and we're honored to have him here in our town. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we don't want to give it all away right now. We want to make sure we save some. Leave something uh, for the conversation itself. Yeah, exactly. So should we dive in? Yep, let's do. Let's go to my conversation with Brent Vodder. Well, someone once said, just as no man fails on purpose, no man succeeds. By accident. Over the past year or so, I've had at least two guests speak to how critically important it was in being raised without a father that their mothers powerfully spoke their identity into their lives as children and set strict standards and expectations for their development. Those were powerful conversations. But what about moving from boys trying to become men to men now trying to be successful at the work of just being men. What does that look like? And how do men navigate that? Even if you are a female listener, you might find it informative to listen in as we talk about this, because we all interact daily with brothers, sons, male friends, fathers, husbands, on and on. Well, my guest today is Brent Vodder, Executive Director of CBMC, which stands for the Christian Businessmen's Connection. Brent, good to see you. I'm always glad to uh, to chat away with you. You're a you're a thick book on the subject we're going to go into. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Well, you know something. <laughs> of course, the, the conversations we've had um, over the last few years, when we when we think about 
Um, I mean, we both have had, of course, you're in it full time now, but we, we both have watched, both from our own selves, as we have, as we are, are growing older and trying to, of course, you're not as old as me, but, 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 but just to be clear, but, but we, we never quit having to navigate the process of what does it look like to walk life well in the role of a male. And what and of course when you say, well, what's the standards for that? Well, we're talking about um the biblical standard of being a godly man, if you will. Uh and 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 and, and all the things that we touch. So we're not talking about um you know, being John Wayne or or being some some uh, some character. So, for those of you who have no clue, who John Wayne is, you know. But 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 we're really talking about uh, a set of standard, and and it's not easy. So, boy, uh, that thank is so you. true. I I wish that my growth as a as a man, my growth as a follower of Christ, I wish it was just a straight line that was moving <laughs> straight up. But I find myself having to relearn some of those same lessons over and over again, don't you? Yeah, I absolutely. Just, absolutely. Yeah. And, and my wife keeps hoping I will get <laughs> one of them right. Uh, you know, so like, and, and I think, you know, something, something I have observed, and I bet you have too over time, is how many times that the 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 women in these men's lives are every bit or more hoping that that guy will get the lesson down because it impacts everybody well just like them you know with women women have their deal but, but guys have their their thing as i know most of us. so i'll tell you a story on that so um I'd probably been involved with CBMC for maybe two or three years. And you know, CBMC hosts a big award show in yep. the fall each year. And yep. we, we give what we call a salt and light award to some leader in the marketplace who has uh, demonstrated godly values and principles in his work and has been intentional about his leadership style, leading like Jesus would. And uh, it's really not meant to glorify man at all. It's meant to glorify what God can do through a man who's surrendered. Well, I had just started getting involved with CBMC. I was asked to get up at one of these events, not as a recipient, but just to kind of give my little CBMC testimony uh-huh. and how it's impacted my life and growth as a Christian. And I come home and I tell Paula, I said, hey, they want me to they want me to get up and share my story. And she said, how many people are going to be there? I said, 600. And all I do when I'm in front of large crowds is shake, stutter, and sweat. So I, I knew this was <laughs> yeah. going to be a mess. We're going to need oh. some mops here. And I, I didn't want to do it, but I was encouraged to. And, and Paula said, well, how long do you have to speak for? And they said, five minutes. And I kid you not, she said, you only need to speak for two and a half. And I said, why? Because you think I'm going to get long-winded? <laughs> and this will kill you. And there's video to prove it. She said, no, because I'm going to get up and speak for the other two and a half minutes. And I'm going to tell that audience the difference I've seen in my husband since he got connected to CBMC. Oh and I kid you gosh. not, it, we've, we've got the DVD of it somewhere in storage. Oh, Apollo getting up there goodness. right next to me and saying, this is the difference I've seen in my husband in the short time he's been involved with other men who are speaking intentionally into his life. You know, that, Brent, that, that is so... Uh, that just so chimes with yeah. everything I, I've seen. You know, you, we we both doubtless have had the situation in which I, I can tell you right now that that because of some other because of the strength that that I still get from having other 
relationships with with character-filled men that my wife, there are moments I can, I can, I don't, I need, there's been any number of times that she has gently come to me and she said, um, are you going to be getting together with, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so anytime soon? And the moment she says that, I know what she's saying to me. I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go and and get a dose of of good centering. Right. Uh, you need to redirect, and I need God to use somebody else to do that. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I don't want to be your Holy Spirit. That is exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Well, I, I bet I bet right now, you listeners out there, some of you uh, will will certainly identify um, that that whole subject of you know the challenge of 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 being male and um, and when I say the challenge of being male, I'm just talking. I'm talking about the challenge that we all have, frankly, as men and women, as human beings, the challenge that we have of walking a a a a, a godly, a principle filled, a character filled life that flourishes and and that and that because we're flourishing. We're we're causing every every body with whom we are working with coming in contact. Others flourish, you know, when we when we flourish. And so, but there's a specific and a unique role that that we as as guys have that we're that we're just designed to play. And and so, you know, something you and I were talking about before, Brent. And this might be a good place to kind of kick it off. Um, it turns out that both Brent uh, and I. At different parts of our lives, we're deeply impacted by one fellow's book, mm-hmm. and his name is Patrick Morley, and the book uh, is called "The Man in the Mirror." And so, I was in my thirties, my early, my, my, my maybe my mid thirties, but but it was, um, I distinctly remember this, Brent. I was, uh, it was nineteen eighty nine. I was, and the reason I remember that is because it was in this house that we lived in for one year. And so I remember, I can have the memory now of having, when I read that book, The Man in the Mirror, it so highlighted the missing pieces in my life of the of, of being, I, when I read that book, I, I could read that and say, that's the guy I want to be. Hmm. I am not anywhere near there. And I remember sitting on my sofa in uh, that house and asking God right then and there, Lord, I really need you to make me a man after your heart. I, I Because I am not that. I'm missing stuff. In fact, I, I, I was able to name off at least one thing I, I saw was missing, like which was compassion, you know? And so, but I saw God answer all that. So you too, I find uh, uh, the same book impacted you. Well, and it did in a, in a slightly different way too, because uh, I tend to be very independent and I, you know, show me what to do and I'll do it. And I'll do it by myself most of the time, (laughs) because if I do it by myself, it's going to look better than yours is. Right. I'm still this school, school yard kid trying to compare my art project to yours. And and I want, I want to get more approval at the end of the day. So, so, I mean, I want to do it by myself. I'm, I'm independently wired anyway. And one of the themes that was all throughout that book is the theme of, uh, uh, 
a tribe around you. I mean, it introduced yeah. the lexicon of, of accountability into the Christian male experience of how important it is that we have men coming alongside and speaking into us, checking our blind spots, calling us up, um, encouraging us, holding our arms up when we get tired. Um, that's that's what one of the things, the themes that I took away from that book is I can't be an isolated maturing follower of Christ because yeah. that's an oxymoron. Yeah. I mean, you just, you need healthy, intentional community around you. Not just a guy, a group of friends who you share hobbies and you go out and do things right. from time to time. Right. We need that too. But I also need people who are speaking into my life intentionally. They're more concerned about my obedience to Christ than they are about any other area or shared common interests that we have. You know, I saw Morley that had uh, put together a list of, of of ten things. He'd put together a group of of men at, from uh, their twenties through their forties. Um, it said predominantly they were in their thirties, and so, uh, and and it was the common. And what he what he ended up coming up with was a, a list uh, from these guys' perspective of what the ten issues are. That they say matter most to these to these guys, these like like all of us have been the guys that want to be more than they they've reached least reached the level of maturity that they that they recognize that they're not who they want to be, um, and so but here they are, and I, w- I want to read them to you, uh, Brent, and see if any of these are sound uh, familiar. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, and it's and he's got them numbered one through ten. He's got a, like the ten issues, and then a question, I guess, or something. It says so. First one is identity, settling who I am and what my life is about. Number two is life balance, how to be faithful with everything entrusted to me. Number three, growth, becoming a more kingdom-minded man. And number four, marriage, finding a new best friend in my wife. Number five, children. A dad who really makes a difference. Number six, friendships, finding and keeping godly friends. Number seven, work. How should I think about my work? Number eight, lust, the right way to deal with this powerful drive. Number nine, culture, the role of a Christian man in our culture. And finally, number 10, sharing my faith, having authentic spiritual conversations with my friends, how, how does that list strike you? From I mean, you work with men all the time, uh, so does that, do you think you're missing anything? First of all, I love the list. I think it's. I'm not sure I could add much to it. He covered just about everything in the maturing process as a as a believer, but. Uh, I love the way he started it. And I don't know if you realize this. So mm-hmm. I've had the privilege of going through SALT. Yes. What did you do with us on that first retreat that we kicked off in, yeah. in the very beginning? Yeah. You had us on that retreat. You didn't just give us homework and hope that maybe we did it. <laughs> you did that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on that retreat, you said, guys, we're going to do this right now. As a matter of fact, we're going to shut it down for the next two hours. You're going to go put together your own life map, life path. Yeah. And you're going to do that exercise and just contemplate and think on some of the lessons that God has taught you over the course of your life through the influence of people, good influence and bad influence, yeah. right? And experiences that you've had or significant memories that have shaped who you are and what you're passionate about or what you what makes you angry even. But we went through that life map exercise, but you also 
uh, challenged us to take a spiritual gifts inventory mm. and see where God has gifted each one of us individually. And and then we did a, a kind of a miniature version of a disc profile or a personality profile. And there's a lot of them out there, right? Disc, strengths finders. Oh, yeah. Uh, now Patrick Lencioni has these geniuses. Uh, but knowing the way we're wired intellectually and, and what motivates us. And you bring all of that together along with life experience and work experience, um, your spiritual gifts, your personality, your uh, your passions, your hobbies, your, your life map, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you begin to get a picture of who God created you to be and yeah. how Brent Vodder is different than Wes Lane. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. are all called into a, we've all, we all have a relational call. All of mankind is called into relationship with the God who created us. And for those who accept that invitation and enter into this rich, real relationship with Jesus, we're called, we've got a universal call then to be about his work. And what was his work? To teach the gospel, spread the gospel, right? Make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, he said in the Great Commission. And and so we're all called to make disciples, but how does that play out in my world, in the job that God has me doing right now in this season of my life? And that individual call then is part of what you helped us focus on in that first weekend retreat. And that's really where Patrick Morley starts with Man in the Mirror, that very first point that you read just the now. identity. His identity. Who are you in Christ? And that was, it took another man coming alongside me 20-something years ago to help me start all the way back at step number one. I was too busy trying to make an influence or an impact or be a difference maker or something. I was trying to become something, and I didn't know who I already was. And so I think he takes it, he starts there. And isn't that so common, though, Brent? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I bet, I bet we just see this with guys. I mean, with, all the time. I mean, even when you were describing the guy that you were, I'm thinking that sounds like me. Hmm. We and I don't know why that is that we're we're just so. I mean, it's it's almost like you've you've always got to have somebody come in and speak um, a, a different identity to you. You know, I think when when I said at the at the opening introduction, I, we, there were these two two uh, men that I had interviewed, and that uh, uh, Les Thomas and uh, um, uh, and a, and a, oh gosh, just uh, um, and a, and a, oh gosh, another young man, last name of uh, Ilendis Jackson's son, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus Jackson, and so both of those guys had to get a very resent. They both had powerful moms. And those ladies had to pound their true identity into their heads because they're just wanting to go. They're just they were all over the map in trouble, one thing or another. Uh, but but that issue of identity, what what is it about that uh, with with guys that uh, well not just guys, but 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 it's there. And how do you help men? Yeah, so it's real easy. The names that you know are the names of people who have starred in shows or they've written books or they've led organizations and received accolade or they've been mm. some kind of a difference maker and they're known for that. And we don't glorify the other 98% of the men out there who are stuck in mid-level management. And I say stuck because they might not ever go higher and they might not have a vision for anything beyond what they're doing. Maybe they mm. they 
measure themselves against the people who are getting the accolade and they become discouraged because that's not who they are. As, a, as opposed to being fulfilled by, right. by yeah, exactly. And so that's what are. it took for me. So I'll tell you a little bit about yeah. my story, if yeah. you don't mind. Right. Please. So I grew up in a great part of Northeast Dallas. Um, it was upper middle class, but my family, I'm not sure how, how we afforded a house in that area because <laughs> we didn't have what all my friends had. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up, some of my earliest memories were just jealousy, honestly. I wanted what all my friends had, and I always felt like I didn't have, uh, I didn't measure up. And then you factor in the fact that I'm not athletic and I'm not musical and I'm not especially smart. And and I really felt like the odd man out in just about any room that I was in. So I'm, I, I end up getting a job out of high school and it took me seven years of night school to get my undergrad degree. But I finally, you know, I'm working my way through school and through work, take some promotions, moved around quite a bit, finally found myself at that level and I get fired. <laughs> I get fired because, because they find out I, I don't have what they're looking for in that position. And I come back, I I find myself in a job in Tulsa and a man comes into my life. Uh, First of all, I went to church for the first time in 12 years. When I finally landed in Tulsa, trying to start over and recover from just getting fired, um, I go to church for the first time in 12 years. So you can see that all of this is happening in my life and I've got nothing spiritually pouring in. I'm totally disconnected, exactly. So I, I decided to go to church and it was there that I met a guy who invited me to a coffee because he knew I was new to town. And that coffee turned into a coffee the next week. And the next week for three and a half years, I met with Greg at least once a week for three and a half years, not just as a friend or somebody to go on jogs with, but somebody who was working with me on identity. And some of what you did with us at that salt retreat, he did with me then, including spiritual gifts. You know what I discovered through the process? God didn't design Brent Vodder to lead an organization. (laughs) I didn't have a vision for it. You know what I was really good at? I was really good at taking your vision and making it reality. Oh, you are an implementer. My spiritual gifts are administration and service. Yeah. And I shine. My sweet spot is creating something out of nothing, creating a process or a product that never existed before, or taking something that has existed, but it's obsolete or it's just dated and reviving it and recreating it. That's my sweet spot. And so when I finally found that out about myself, it changed my career. You know what I did? I said goodbye to corporate America. I jumped over on the agency side. I'm a marketing guy. So Mm -hmm. I spent the first 15 years in corporate marketing. At that point, knowing now my identity and how Christ had wired me and has called me, I jumped over to the marketing agency side and I spent the next 13 years of my career helping other companies achieve their visions. And it wasn't me being the grand vision master anymore. It was me behind the scenes, not the one getting the accolade. And I, and I even said oftentimes to my clients, my job is to make you look good. And I had to, I had to get okay with that personally and not be threatened thinking that I haven't achieved something because my name's not in highlights. Oh man, that's I had such to understand that my role, my my biggest gift to others was helping them succeed and get the get the the contract or get the client or get the customer or whatever. But with them getting the accolade and me having the satisfaction of knowing that I was critical to helping make that happen. Brent Brent, that is a that's a huge deal right there because we we, we have such a tendency, to, especially with all the media around us and all that, and we think well, that the culture uh, proclaims what they th- say is important, 
uh, and it's often often pretty pretty empty in, in many respects. But we're but we're wanting to be somebody else. Yeah, we want to be a skill player, right? If you put it in football terms, yes. I want to be the receiver. I want to be the quarterback. Whoever says I want to be a, a left tackle, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's but, right. But, but when, yes, but when you figure it out that that, that that's where you all skill players, yeah. I mean, it is a team sport. Going back to what Patrick Morley said, our spiritual growth is a team sport. Our identity in Christ and really discovering and living out His purpose for us, it's a team sport. I need guys speaking into me, and I'm a, He needs to use me, wants to use me, invites the, me to be as involved in their lives as I need them to be in mine. Boy, I, you know, I, when you started talking about that fella that mm. that was was big with you. I started having flashbacks uh, of an older guy uh, that had been in my life uh, named Bob, and 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 Bob would just irritate the, the socks off me because he because that guy would would uh, any time that I would see that Bob had left a message for me at the office, I just went oh man because I knew what was going to happen. I was going to go have lunch with Bob. And Bob was going to hold me accountable to a higher level of 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 expectation than I was willing to. He was a coach, you know. He was coaching me up. So let me ask you this about Bob because I don't know Bob. Mm-hmm. I know Greg. Was Bob perfect? No. Did he get it right all the no. time? That was one of the things that I loved about Greg was he was just authentic. I watched him have arguments with his wife. I watched. <laughs> I, I was a. I was a, a firsthand witness to parenting fail after parenting fail with him. <laughs> he he didn't get everything right either. And you know what? I wasn't expecting him to. I learned as much for how he corrected himself and took corrective measures when he had just acted out in anger with his kids or when he had tried to fix his wife's problem instead of listening to her, <laughs> or whatever. I learned watching him uh, fail as much as I learned listening to his wisdom. He was authentic, and I think that that is one of the ways that we men disqualify ourselves from the work of the kingdom, oh, is we say, is so I'm not there yet. Strong. I've still got my own issues. That is— I'm not—when I, I get that stuff fixed, or when I get more time, or when I get that seminary degree or something, right— then maybe God can use me to help another guy. I am telling you, there is a generation of men right now who are starving for authentic men who have scar tissue and gray hair and trail miles. I mean, these guys have lived life and they haven't gotten everything right. And that's what this generation is looking for. I don't want to learn from somebody who's so perfect that I can't relate to them. I want to learn from the people who have failed and gotten back up time and again. You know, and on that part too, so Bryn, I've, I've seen that a bunch. I've, I've been so impressed by, um, I didn't realize this um, until until really last, the last several years, although I should have thought about it because there's nothing new under the sun and, and I was looking for someone to help me. And, and so this generation does as well. But I can't tell you how many times I have seen um, young men, twenties, thirties, wanting uh, and older, w- w- wanting to have someone that can call them up to their better selves. I- I've got a guy, an- an- another Bob, who's this is he's eighty six years old, eighty six years old, and 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 I still chat with Bob uh, on a on a routine basis, and he 
And 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 Dad Gummit, I mean, he'll ask me questions. I really don't want to get asked, and I don't. And he'll have expectations of me um, that I really don't. I don't want to do, but I know he's right. And so you know, so you make it a great point there that the listener out there. I know there are some of you. Uh, you listeners that when, when Brent, you just started describing Greg, that was it. And, and just, and watch this guy was not perfect. I can't, I can't tell you how many times that before I have been willing to do something, I felt like I'd have to be, have it down perfectly. You just blew that up. Yeah. That's a, that, that's not what we need. It's not even what Jesus knew. I mean, look at the great commission in Matthew 28. He's talking to a, a political zealot. He's talking to a, a few fishermen. He's talking to a tax collector who's basically a traitor in that society. Yeah, in that society. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's got his little band of misfits here. And he says, okay, now you guys, you need to get your act cleaned up, memorize at least 20 scriptures, get a seminary degree, make sure you know <laughs> the answers to the questions that everybody's going to ask you, yeah. and then go and make disciples, right? No, he didn't do any no, of that. No, no, no. You know what he did do? He said, if you step out into this great commission, you're going to find me there. Uh, and that's the secret sauce. Yeah. The secret sauce is not your knowledge and your expertise and your wisdom and your fill in the blank. The secret sauce is me. And he says later in John's gospel, John 15, he says, hey, if I'm not in it, you should be either apart from me, you can do nothing. Boy, that is great truth. His, his greatest gift to us is his presence. And for men who are meeting together and working with each other to become the, the husband, the father, the leader that God wants us to be, uh, Jesus says, I will give you what to say in that moment. I've heard things come out of my mouth, meeting with guys for coffee, and I'm looking around going, who just spoke? <laughs> Did I just say that? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I've never, I never would have thought to put that sentence together. Now, I wish he did it every time I opened my mouth. I wish every time I opened my mouth, it was 100% spirit and 0% Brent. You know, that's so, but, fun, that's so funny, Brent, when you say that, because those, uh, those are the times when I've wondered— when I'm when I'm like hearing something, is that God talking, yeah. or is that just my head? One way I can get a sense that that's the Lord is that that's just a little too smart for me, <laughs> and I recognize that. <laughs> that's funny, yeah. Uh, it's but that's what that's what he um, that's what he will do through us when we give it to him. When we do it with the right motive. My motive is not to try to recreate another me or give you my advice. My motive in meeting with you for this coffee meeting every Wednesday morning is to help you step into God's beautiful vision for your life, to help you step into his purpose and really understand how to know him. And, and for me, one of the areas that Greg had to work with me for quite a while was to discern the difference between what was in my head and what was in my heart. You know, how do I know, how do I discern what his voice sounds like? Well, mm -hmm. now I wasn't married when I knew Greg. Now I'm God's voice oftentimes sounds a lot like Paula's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she wouldn't appreciate me saying that. Uh, no, she but, might, actually. She might, actually. See, you should listen. Um, no, but he, sometimes, you know, we ask ourselves, was God the one telling me to do that? Yes. Or is that just an idea that's in my mind? And you know where I go for those answers? 
I go to the men who have been meeting with me. Yeah. Paula oftentimes is still answering those things or helping me through when she sees me downcast or she knows I'm struggling with something or just this close to burnout. She'll often challenge me, Brent, have you talked to Harold about this? Yeah. Have you talked to Randy about this? She knows the men who are investing themselves in me today. Yeah. And she encourages me to take these challenges back to them. And it's not a, let's see if I can stump Harold kind of thing. Right. Oftentimes I find myself asking or needing help or counsel on something that they don't have firsthand experience with either. But you know what I get from those guys is they take me back to who I am in Christ. Again, number one, identity and his promise of presence. Take me back to what I do know in Scripture. What Scripture do you know that speaks on this topic that we're talking about? And so we'll just go back and read truth with each other. He's got a few that come to mind. I've got a few that come to mind. We go back and we start there. And then sometimes they'll say, you know what? I've got a couple of things I want to look into, and let's put a bookmark here and come back next week. Well, you and I can do that. Mm. I mean, if somebody that we're meeting with asks Mm. us something that we don't know, we shouldn't make it up and try to wing it on the fly. Let's put a bookmark. That's a really good question. And I don't have an immediate answer right now, but let me do some looking. I want you to do the same. Let's come back next week and compare notes and see what we both hear. And meanwhile, here are a couple of scripture verses that I know speak to this directly. Let's just meditate on this and see how see what God might impress upon us through this. You know, so many, so many times uh, I, I think about of course, guys in their different roles, and and you particularly are dealing with you know with CBMC Christian Businessmen's uh, Connect, you know the connection. Do you think about um, these guys in the workplace and in the workforce? What do they? What do you observe that that they're dealing with? That um, that the, the the struggles, if you will, that either they're that they're commonly falling prey to, or uh, and and that they that they really, they do need help on. Boy, there's a few of them. I mean, some of the common themes that come up in the discussions in some of our groups, margin and busyness, um, identity, oftentimes are people who want to make an impact Uh and they've got in their mind, I want to make an impact on Oklahoma City or I want to make an impact in my organization or in my industry. Um, One of the verses that that God used to really recalibrate my compass in the direction of my life was John 5, 44. So Jesus is talking about himself as being um, the son of God, right? And what what he was sent to do and how he is here on the mission that his father sent him on. And, And they're not believing. They're not believing John the Baptist who laid out and helped connect the dots between everything that they believed from Israel's history to now this man, Jesus, who's here with us now. He said, you're not listening to him. You're not understanding what the prophets and the law spoke to, which is me. And and then he hits him right between the eyes in John 5, 44, the same place he nailed me between the eyes. And he says, how can you believe when you're more concerned about the praise of other men? Oh man! And yeah, and you know the message translation is is really it's not a translation; it's a paraphrase. The message uh, paraphrase says, "How do you expect to get anywhere with God when you spend all your time jockeying for position with each other, ranking your rivals, and ignoring God?" <laughs> wow! Ouch, <laughs> Brent, you are more concerned with what others think about you are, with what others think about you, than you are with me. 
That's, which is which is so common. It's very and it's very easy to get drawn off, right? It's very easy to be concerned with, you know, did I just flub this podcast? You know, am I his worst interview ever? You know, how do I compare? Do I have the approval? How do others see me? I mean, now, you know, I'm not an Instagrammer or Facebook person, but, you know, we hear quite a bit about everybody putting on this this fake self in social media, but they're not authentic about who they really are. Um, and we're, we're just concerned about our perception in the eyes of others. And, and God says, hey, why don't we concern ourselves here with my perception of you? And who I made you to be and what I'm calling you to do and what I want to do through your life that's surrendered. Are you, are you seeing guys, because, you know, as you're talking about that, I, I just couldn't help but think that, that you know, sure, there's there's any number of people that that are interested. But, but you, but you know, but a lot of people just, they just don't ever get off the merry-go-round. And, and I don't know how you, I, I don't know what folks that you're, you're seeing, but it would seem to me that apart from their them them having some heart's desire to see a shift that you know you you can't you can't make somebody go where they don't want to go that's that's right and unfortunately the only for for many of us and I was one of them the only way I got off the merry go around was it flung me off yeah yeah same <laughs> like you know it. same here i yeah. mean it's funny you, you just just said earlier i thought man that was me too it's like the first time you went to church was after you got fired and then i'm thinking I think that might have been right for me too. I got I lost a business, yeah. a quarter million dollars in debt. Wife leaves me. Um, I think I showed back up at church at that point. And you know, that's what I think. That's part of what my driving passion is now. Is I I don't want to see others have to crash before they really come to yeah. an awareness yeah. of who they are in Christ and what He wants to do through their life, the grand plan that He has for their life. I tell the guys I meet with, go make your own mistakes, but don't remake mine. (laughs) If you do the same thing I did, then who am I as a friend to you if I'm standing by and watching that happen? I mean, we shouldn't, ideally, we don't want to crash spiritually, right? We don't want to have life go sideways on us before we finally start to take our faith seriously. But for those of us where it already has, or maybe we can feel ourselves in the slide, it's never too late to grab that one or two guys around you and say, and and be prayerful and intentional about who you invite to come, as Patrick would have said in that book, Man in the Mirror, to be your accountability partners, to come alongside and journey this with you, to disciple you and to lead you. Uh, That's, it's never too late. That's that's actually my driving passion now is helping guys catch that understanding, if you will, and the vision for what God wants to do in their life when when they're in that intentional relationship with others. Well, well, so, well, well let's let's talk to the people that you know. I suspect that we know that that, that even, even maybe even some of the listeners here that feel pretty isolated. They they don't they don't have that. That Greg or Bob or 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 something like that. What do you what do you say to those guys? But maybe maybe they want that. They, but they they really don't know where to go. Call me. Okay. <laughs> I well. mean, really, I mean that's that's really the heartbeat of the Christian Businessmen's Connection, as that last word in our name would imply. We are about connecting Christian business guys together, and we're gonna we're gonna meet you where you are, wherever you are. I mean, that's one of the things. Um, that 
I mean, we're not a, I don't see somebody as being a project that I'm going to, you know, do A, B, and C and then cut them loose. Right. I see them as, as a person and understanding where their starting point is and working from there and staying on this journey with them for as long as they're willing to give time. But at some point, helping all along the way, catching the vision for being this guy for somebody else. The guys that I meet with every week, they would laugh if they heard this, and they will, I know. But <laughs> we start most of our meetings with me saying, now you realize what we're doing here is not meant to stop here. Yeah. What we're doing here is something that you then will have the opportunity to do with others. And we're constantly recasting that vision yes. of reproduction, doing for others what, what Greg did with me and what I'm trying to do with you. Well, you know, Brent, that, that's a big statement right there. I mean, if you think, you kind of took me aback there when you said, well, call me. Yeah. But, but, but seriously, and I, can, I know you're serious because I know you, and you're, you're not joking there. And, and so, so somebody um, that is in the business realm, that they do feel isolated, that they that what the stuff that we've been talking about, about just, you know, the the thought of 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 being associated with with um, other other men who, you know, all of whom are who aspire to be a better version of who God was is is willing for them to to become. I like the way you said that. Yeah. Well, because we're all we're all in that boat. It's it's um so they can contact you at CBMC. And, and in fact, th- th- there's a website you can go to and, right. and find C- that. CBMCOK.com. Yeah, CBMCOK.com. And that's where you can go and you can find out how to uh, talk to Brent. But what about the guys? And I really would encourage you to think about that. So so even there, there may be even a loved ones. So maybe you got a husband that you... That, 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 that's a business guy. And, and you're watching that. You're seeing how... Maybe they're more detached. They're isolated. I mean, that's a pretty helpless scenario. Scenario to be to be a spouse or or a loved one, girlfriend, whatever, of of some some guy that's that's caught caught on the merry-go-round. I mean, is there anything that they can do for for that loved one? Well, you know, it's funny. We have some of our guys, or some guys I know, who started meeting in a group, and then after a while. Um, they've, they bowed out and said, Hey, I've got to help my wife get the kids off to school in the morning. So I can't be a part of this six thirty group that meets it every Thursday. And, and then later hearing from the wives who say, I would gladly give my husband up <laughs> at six thirty on a Thursday morning, once a week, if these would be the kind of men who would speak into him. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, for, 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 to answer your question for the wives, the moms, the girlfriends, uh, who are in a relationship with a, a guy who just doesn't have this right now, uh, sometimes we have to give them permission <laughs> yeah. to go seek that out and encourage that and say, you know what, it would. I've heard about this. I would encourage you to look into it. And, you know, one of the things I love about the way we do what we do at CBMC is it's it's very easy to get into this. I mean, there's no registration required. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't mm-hmm. even have to tell us your last name if you don't want to. <laughs> Just come be a part of the group for a little while. See the way the guys care about each other and interact together. And by the way, we talk shop in there, too. I mean, not in terms of, you know, teaching business specifically, but we talk specifically about what does this faith look like in our workplace? Yeah. You know, whether you 
you're the leader of the organization or you're just getting started or you're recently retired, you know, we're talking about what does faith look like in in practice, in action. And we we bring it into, you know, the nine to five Monday through Friday environment. And what does it look like here? I can be a pretty good Christian on Sunday mornings, but what does it look like in the middle of my work week? And so we talk about that. We spend time praying with each other. Uh, I had a guy tell me a couple of years ago, he said, I spend more time praying in one of our group meetings here than I do in an entire month of going to church. And that mm. took me aback. Mm. I stepped back and said, help me understand that statement there. And he mm. said, well, we pray in our church, you know, obviously before sermon and before tithe and, you know, all these other things. And then we go into our small groups and we pray for Aunt Sally's hip and we pray for this mm-hmm. upcoming event or whatever. But he said, I don't ever have anybody, even in my small group, who looks at me and says, Brent, how can we pray for you this week? What do you have coming up in your week this week between now and next Sunday mm. that I can be praying for you? What meetings, what interactions, what trips, what challenges? And we we intentionally do that. That's a part of every group that we do is spending time praying specifically for that. That's that's rich just to be known and be that transparent. I've sat in these little prayer huddles with presidents of universities mm. who are sharing real challenges. And all of a sudden, you know what? I always thought that to get at that level, you had to have your act together. You had to be, <laughs> you had to be pretty, it's a Christian university too, right? So he had to be like really yeah. you know, together. Yeah. And I'm hearing him just reveal real struggles, heart struggles. And all of a sudden I don't see him for his position. I see him as a brother. Yeah. You know, something that I've noticed too, that, that, uh, uh, you started a, a while back um, getting together uh, or, or, or gathering together men and their even their sons yeah. on, on Saturdays. What, what's, what's that about? So very similar. And it actually started, you mentioned Marcus Jackson a little while ago. Um, Marcus kind of got it started. I listened to him give a TED talk a few years ago oh. at the TEDx conference down in the Tower Theater. No, and I kid. and I said I want to know this guy. I mean, that was an impactful uh, message that he delivered. So he would tell you even then. I stalked him on LinkedIn. I didn't have <laughs> I didn't have his contact information. Nobody gave me his business card. So uh-huh. LinkedIn was the only place I could find him. And I sent him message after message after message. And I don't know, maybe he doesn't check LinkedIn very often. But it took him months before he finally said, okay, what do you want? (laughs) And I said, I just want to take you to lunch. And so we grabbed a lunch and I discovered what his heart was really about. And he, and I said, who else do I need to know? And he introduced me to Les Thomas, who oh, you mentioned yes. as well, right? Yeah, yeah. both and, those and guys. Both I mean, those, guys those guys are, at oh the top goodness. of the show. And, and I started to see, these guys are my brothers. And I started, and, and, and then they introduced me to this person and that person. And next thing you know, all of my new friends have different skin color than me. Oh, all of my okay. new friends live in a different part of town and have a different cultural background than me. And it was so invigorating for me to actually learn what life looks like through a different lens, a lens that I wasn't raised with in a white part of Northeast Dallas. Yeah, and yeah. so Men United meets on the second Saturday of every month, and it's just an invitation for men of all ages, races, denominations, geographies, come together once a month. I'll spring for the breakfast, but let's spend an hour and a half just getting to know each other, hear each other's stories, why this is important to us, 
we invite a different person to bring a devotional each month. And so we've had pastors from every different ethnicity that you can think of so far uh, who will come and share some devotional on the subject of unity in some way. And it's really kind of neat to hear. Obviously, the Bible talks a lot about it because I don't think any of them have preached the same sermon yet. They all are bringing different illustrations from Scripture of what unity looks like yeah. in the capital C church. And then we spend the last third of the meeting doing the same thing we do in our CBMC groups every week, just praying for each other. And you know what happens when you sit across from somebody that doesn't look like you and that comes from a different background than you, and you actually get to know their name and their story and what the burdens on their heart, and you spend time praying for them and they spend time praying for you, the stereotypes begin to break down. Uh-huh. And I start to see he's not just a black man. That's my friend Lee. Yeah. I know Lee. And all of a sudden, the stereotypes break down, and we start to just relate and build true unity, right? And I that's what Men United does. And thankfully, it, it you know, there are so many others who have bought into that vision now that I had COVID last month. I couldn't even go. It thrived. It went great without me. And I found myself thinking, well, I'm obviously not the linchpin that's holding this together. <laughs> I mean, this thing has got a life of its own now. We had last Saturday was the second, second Saturday of May. Uh-huh. We had 29 guys there. 11 of them were under the age of 15. Wow. Loved it. 11 under the age of 15. These dads are bringing their boys. Their dads are, the dads are saying, I want my kid in on this conversation. Wow. I want them to experience this too. And so there's another invitation for a connection point for the listeners here is put the second Saturday of every month on your calendar and bring your sons and come to the Kim Ray Event Center at 42nd and Santa Fe and enjoy Chick-fil-A breakfast a chance to meet somebody who you never would have met if you continue to just stay in your part of town and pray together and walk away with an, a vision of what unity really looks like. You're, you're really, Brent, you, you are, you're really stirring the pot. Good. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, and this is a, this is a lovely thing. I mean, look what, let me, let me really point something out here that, that I think is really significant. You are, you're blooming where you're planted. You're, you're taking that identity. You, you understand who you are. You understand what your sweet spot is, like we talked about at the top of, of the show. And, and you're leveraging that. You're, you're looking at, okay, I'm, I, I uh, direct the, the the CBMC here, and that's a very relational deal. But I have a personal passion. I have a passion which you pursued Marcus over because you felt it light up within you. And so what did you do? You didn't just sit there and let it die out, but you stirred the embers. And so you started pursuing it. And, and, and so then what happens? Well, now there's a thing called Men United that's taking place uh, once a month on Saturday. And and. Fathers are bringing their sons to it because there, there was a passion. The, these men had been waiting for someone to call the meeting, and and you did that. And we think about that as as I mean that that is a that's a significant deal. That is filling your space in in uh, in the vision that God has for this city. And, and you think about what, what, what does it look like when men and women are just leveraging who they are, 
what 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 their passion, skills, and interests are, and they're just and they're blooming, and the fruit from their garden is now. In, which is my personal prayer. May the fruit from from the garden's got me that God's got me doing. May it encroach on my neighbor's yard, you know. And so, and, <laughs> but like that's that. but that's what you're doing. I mean, can you imagine what you, you? So some people out there right now are wondering. Um, I don't have any anybody. Well, what you just talked about in creating Men United. You, you created a group right there. You didn't sit there. And it's not like you're lonely in the first place, but, 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 but imagine you feel kind of isolated, something like that. What's to keep you from just calling the meeting and, and doing it? Because it was, it's done in service. It's done to love uh, uh, other people. It's giving people a, a venue. It's not a place where you're up there uh, pontificating for an hour and a half. It's it's a place where people are sharing people. And so, so if if you, the listener, are 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 wondering, well, certainly that's the place you could show up, which would be a really pretty neat deal if you're if you're a, if you're a man uh, to come to. But also think about the concept of what he just did, uh, and. And you you don't have to be, and maybe you're an introvert, and I don't even think this is a function of introvert extrovert because you're not an extrovert. No, I'm not. And see, see, that's a big deal right there. And I, and fortunately, I know you enough to know you're not an extrovert. So this isn't Brent the extrovert going out because he just loves a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> God has given both my wife and me both very public ministries, and when we're not on, on our off days. We, I, I mean, we You're recharge. <laughs> we're, we're on the charger. I mean, yeah. we, our spiritual batteries are depleted and we have to recharge. And so. Sometimes the next right thing, if you're yeah. isolated, is just to throw a party. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, really. So I want to, I want to pick up on something that you've, you've said a couple of different times now. If you know somebody who is in need of connection, about half the guys that get connected to CBMC, that's where their entry point is. That's why they're getting connected in our young professionals program or our senior business executives groups, the peer groups that meet every month, or just one of our weekly teams that are just kind of bring anybody, you know, no long-term commitment needed. Um, a lot of guys come to that because they're looking for this type of investment, spiritual investment in their lives. Mm. We probably get the other half guys who get connected saying, I know that there's purpose and meaning in being that guy for somebody, but I don't know how. Mm. And that's the other piece is if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking, okay, that sounds great, but how do I do it? Give us a call because that's, I mean, we're not going to make you buy curriculum or anything like that. It's not about, uh, it's really more about the process. And we want to, that's a big part of what we do is just working with guys like you and me to show us this is how you would spend time and structure your time and work with somebody else and help them oh, that's grow a great spiritually. Piece of advice. And, and we have these guys, it's really rewarding for me. I feel like God's given me a front row seat to hearing some of these stories of transformation and change. And I've heard business executives, very successful executives who get involved with another guy, meeting with somebody else once a week. And they look straight at me and say, Brent, <laughs> this is the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Oh my. They're more excited about that one hour a week yeah. meeting they have with that yeah. guy 
than they are about the organizations that they lead. Yeah. And it's there, I'm telling you, there is fulfillment and significance and purpose that God puts in our lives and gives us when when we step into his work. Oh, I'm telling you, I just can't underscore that enough, Brent. What you just said, I have seen that as well with with men, and they 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 may not have even they may not even have a hobby, but boy, when they start serving and 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 they and they don't know how to. It was I just remember when I first the thought of mentoring somebody was utterly intimidating to me. It is, but it's it is it's just all you are. But here's what somebody told me, and it made it made everything was fine, Wes. You're not sharing anything with them that you don't already know. So our friend Thomas Hill over yes. here at Kim yep. Ray, yep. he defined mentoring once in one of his blogs. If you don't sign up for his Monday Musing blog, you need to. Uh, <laughs> he, he said something, I think it was a year or two ago. He said, mentoring is not one person imparting his wisdom to another. He said, mentoring is one person being good company on the trail because of having already traveled it. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, okay, I mean, just, just think I, about I'm, that. Yeah, you're, you're, he's got a gift uh, with words, and we know that. But uh-huh. it's, it's not one person imparting all of his wisdom. It's yeah. somebody who is good company on the trail. Yeah. Sometimes I can't help you out of your situation, but you know what I can do? I'll jump down in the foxhole with you yes. and make sure that you're not alone in the middle of this firefight. Yes. So that you don't start to feel isolated like you don't have a friend. Yeah. Or that you've got to be the only person to, to figure your way out. You know, um, if you're if you're listening, sometimes too that uh, I want to really encourage you to. Uh, this has been my experience also. Whenever I have asked God to send someone in, into my life who can help me be the man He already wants me to become, that's a yes and amen. That isn't that that He is going to say yes to that. Yeah, and so. So the first thing you should be doing is just asking God, and and um, and he, he's always I have always experienced that where he is he has somehow some way sent somebody it wasn't always very comfortable either, but he always he is he is a God has a vested interest in seeing us simply come into becoming who he has already designed us to be. It is a destiny thing, and he has a vested interest in seeing to our success. Mm-hmm. You know, Brent, you've you've just been uh, so encouraging. You're just such a you're a you're a great example of of really seeking to fill your space. Um, you're you're listening, you're pursuing, you're you're just you're such a humble guy. I mean you you're 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 just like like the rest of us. You're you're a fellow traveler, and you're recognizing that that okay. I'm, I need I need a I need a good dose of sandpaper on this edge. And this is <laughs> this is where we all are. But that's it's the teachability I think that and the and the humility that 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 just delights God and and wanting to to help us. And there again, there's another reason why we need guys in our life, guys who will knock us off our high horse when we're starting oh, to get a little too yes, proud. Unfortunately, but it is true. Yeah, it's a painful fall, but golly, I I'm I'm so glad. I'm so glad for that. So 
All right. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the difference that you're making and for just even the purpose of this podcast of sharing the power of story to help people catch a vision for what God wants to do in their lives and through their lives. Every one of us has, uh, every one of us is an impact in the making, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty, I haven't heard that one. That's good. Every one of us is an impact in the making. That's, that's darn good, man. <laughs> Well, it, Brent Water, thank you very much for for participating in this. And and folks, he wasn't joking. Uh, you you go to cbmcokc.com. CBMCOK. I'm sorry. Yep. Oh, ooh, 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 ooh. I blew that, didn't I? CBMCOK.com. And you can find Brent and and uh, and he'll connect you up. So thank you so much and uh, uh, for for helping some people today, no doubt. Uh, discern what's the next right step. So, and now for the rest of you all, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. So let me give you some concluding thoughts. If hope were a person in the room, what would she say to us? Well, I think first of all, she'd say that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that an unchanging God designed, built you, and sent you into a moment of history as part of his loving strategy to transform a chaotic world and, and make it good again. You are called as change agents. Hope would tell you that she flourishes when we listen to God and set goals for our lives that press us further toward becoming that person God has always been willing for us to become. Hope would tell you to set action steps towards achieving those goals. They don't have to be giant steps. Start with baby steps so you can be encouraged along the way. But hope would also tell you that you've got to not just make plans to step, but you must exercise the willpower to just take that next right step. Step by step by step gets you to the destination God has for your life. It's the long obedience in the same direction. And finally, hope would tell you that God sees us not as we are, but as we could become if we will dare. It's the same for our communities. As followers of Jesus, you are a sent people and all humans should flourish because God's kids are in town. What evil thing dies because you exist? No one else is coming. You're the generation sent to your community in this moment. You're it. Press into God's purposes for your lives, and you will discover that hope abounds and that Jesus is still the God of the impossible. Thank you for joining us today on Hope Leads. I'm Wes Lane. Once again, I'd be honored if you would take a moment to rate this podcast, review it, subscribe, and share it with someone who needs hope. We want to thank Brianna Gaither for the song, I Won't Rest Until, from her album, Vanity. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by a God who is willing for us to live meaningful lives of profound impact. I invite you to just show up and watch God show off. Show off.